With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Facebook page. We'll still be posting stuff on the Facebook page. So we'll 
we'll keep you all involved. Just won't be doing the the show twice a, a week. And uh, Dave and I are gonna go. We're gonna think. We're gonna put our heads together and uh, try and come up with some new and exciting uh, segments for the show. Uh, we're gonna possibly be reworking a lot of stuff. So if you have any ideas, if you, seriously, we, we want to do the show that you guys want to listen to. If you got any thoughts on what you want to hear us do in the future? Uh, Thoughts on themed shows, perhaps, or segments or whatever, post them up on the Facebook. Not really saying I'm going to use them, but if they're good, we'll definitely throw them up and use them for the show. As always, my tag team partner is on the line for this final summer edition of the Ken Reedy Show. Dave, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing pretty good. You know, the past couple of days, uh, my, my, my dream patterns are back to normal again, so I don't have to worry about uh, the Sandman from ECW and Daisy Duke shorts and the magazine aisle at Stop and Shop, but, uh, you know, I, I feel pretty comfortable. I can go to sleep and wake up like normal people, so that's pretty good, and uh, I'm ready for this, you know, the last leg, you know, the, the final stop on the summer two, 2013 tour for the Ken Reedy Show, and, uh, you know, ready for, ready for a feel-good time, so let's do it. Yeah, just before we get into the wrestling, we gotta wish our, our buddy, our pal, a guy who uh, who's given us some serious hookups over the course uh, of the year plus. Uh, cameraman Carlos uh, celebrated a birthday yesterday, so uh, happy birthday, Carlos! Hope you had a great time. We actually we went out last night. We watched Monday Night Raw at the local watering hole. Didn't have sound on, but they put Raw up on the TV, and uh, we uh, took Carlos out and. Uh, the bartender wanted to make Carlos a special drink, but she really didn't know what she was doing. So she she kind of mixed the drink, and then the drink came up maybe about a, a half inch short of, of the top of the glass. And she just, to get it to the top of the glass, just filled the rest of the glass with booze. And then she, she looked at the glass, she looked at Carlos, and she said, are you sure you want this? And he's like, oh, yeah, bring it on, bring it on. She's like, I, I really don't know how it's going to taste. Then there's this awkward pause. You will be drunk. <laughs> he just brought it on. So it was some sort of chocolatey concoction that uh, Carlos scarfed down. And uh, hope he had a good birthday. But again, uh, you know, he's been really good to the show and supporting us and everything and hooking us up. So uh, happy birthday, cameraman Carlos. And it's been quite an interesting seven months uh, over the course of 2013. Uh, it's tough, Dave, you know, when you start to think of, you know, the world of wrestling uh, in general and, and some favorite moments we've had and plus the uh, moments on the show and, and things that have happened for us. Uh, it, it's been it's been a really cool year. It's tough to kind of peg, you know, one thing that's kind of your favorite moment of the year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's several, you know. I mean, we can, you know, I can go all day talking about this, but, uh, you know, the the, the Pro Wrestling Syndicate show we were invited to by Carlos. Um, Carlos was working with, uh, you know, RF Video, and, uh, you know, they have, they're pretty famous for a lot of the shoot interviews that they do. So we were invited by Carlos um, to that. We made some pretty good connections and, uh, you know, leading to uh, an interview with uh, one half of uh, former NWA World Tag Team Champions, uh, Ricky Morton of the Rock and Roll Express, which I thought was really cool. And, you know, we got to talk with him for a few minutes at the show, and then, of course, we had him on this show. That was fun. Our experience, WrestleMania weekend, of course, it's always a good time. Um, and, you know, seeing as that it was local for us, it was, 
was even better, and, you know, the tailgate party, and, you know, I could just go on and on, you know, the Joey Legend interview, Tommy Dreamer interview, interview we had with Brian Blair, Coco Beware, um, you know, just all the great stuff that, you know, we've got to experience by doing this show, um, you know, throughout the course of the past seven months, and then just, you know, even from the beginning, it's been uh, it's been pretty awesome. Yeah, it's been a really cool run, you know, we had a, we had a good run of a lot of, you know, you named a few, uh, a lot of great guests that just, uh, and I know we throw it around a lot, but, uh, you know, got a lot of respect for this business and uh, was really humbled by, you know, some of the guys we got to talk to and, uh, you know, just uh, talk wrestling. I mean, Dreamer was, was awesome. And everyone's been, like, so cordial. You know, Dreamer spent a good 40 minutes with us. Uh, that was a great moment. Uh, getting Rob Conway on, like, right after he... You know, not too long after he won the NWA championship was just, uh, you know, that was pretty amazing to, to talk to him and, and talk, uh, you know, his career in the WWE, you know, going forward in the NWA, uh, you know, really good guy. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just so many things. And Bill After, Bill After being on the show and telling us that, uh, you know, he introduced Andy Kaufman and Jerry Lawler. I mean, how do you, you know, how do you quantify you know the the one specific moment over the course of, of a year that was was your favorite. So I mean, uh, it, it's been a good run, and we want to keep it going, and we're gonna continue to move forward and, and improve, and hopefully get a bigger and better guests. But uh, you know, it, it's been a great year. We had a really great run uh, of, of interviews, and uh, it, it's just been pretty amazing. And, and and who could forget Ox Baker yelling at us? So it's been it's I've been a great year. What was that? I said I've tried to forget. It's that that one that, that one's a that one's a hard pill to swallow. I'll I'll, I'll be honest with you there. <laughs> it's kind of I mean you know he, he's he's never broken kayfabe. He's just he is who he is. But uh yeah it's just been great. It's just been great. I mean geez remember I mean Coco spent close to an hour with us. It's just been it's been a really cool year so far. So we're gonna keep moving forward trying to book. Uh, New and ex- exciting guests, and uh, you know, God, and I'm I'm going through all of my head. I, how can we forget Chris Masters being on the line and telling us how he ripped a tree out of the ground to save his his mother? I mean, we we got to hear that story firsthand right here on the Ken Reedy Show. So it's just been it's it's been cool, and and we're gonna bigger and better uh, once September rolls around. We're gonna keep this thing going. So uh, thank you all who've who've continued to support us. Uh, over the year, over the years, uh, it's been great that you've you've been a part of this, and uh, we couldn't do it without you. So thank you for the support. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. You want to call in, give us your favorite moments uh, of the year. Tell you know talk about what's going on right now in wrestling. But we want to hear from you because you guys are really what make the show uh, go. You're the motor behind the show. So give us a call. Let us know your thoughts on 2013 so far and uh, what's going on in the world of professional wrestling. But you know, Dave and I. We do this show, and one of the reasons we started with, uh, you know, the six to eight time slot is we we thought it would really slot in nicely on Sundays to be a, a pay-per-view pregame show when the uh, the pay-per-views are on, and and we like having fun even though it's it's pro wrestling and stuff, you know, uh, we we have a little bit of fun with predictions and speculation and doing that, kind of giving you a real a real kind of pregame show going into the pay-per-views, and and we've joked. Many a time because we we come up with with ideas or scenarios or even suggestions, if you will, on on maybe what direction 
uh, a company should go in uh, creatively. And we have joked many a time that someone in Stanford is listening to this show because certain things have happened that were eerily similar to stuff that we've uh, talked about on the show. But one thing that we definitely missed the mark on, did not hit the proverbial nail on the head, we predicted for Money in the Bank that Wade Barrett was going to not only win, but this was going to be the thing that was going to catapult this performer into the upper echelon of WWE talent, a guy that both Dave and I are pretty high on, think he's really talented, Man, who? I mean, did he piss someone off in the front offices of Stanford, Connecticut? This guy's got all the talent in the world, and when we're thinking he's going to be in the upper echelon of of main eventers, all of a sudden he's like the top of the the line jobber. He's he's the guy that's jobbing out to everyone. I mean, are, are you? I mean, we watch a lot of this stuff, Dave, and generally our predictions are. If, if not right on the mark, we're, we're close to the mark. I mean, way off with this. Are you shocked to see what's happened with Wade Barrett? Yeah, we're off the radar with this one. I mean, you know, it seems like this decline that had taken place with him um, started a year ago with that elbow injury going into last year's WrestleMania in Miami. And, you know, I mentioned on the show a few weeks ago there were plans to reintroduce the Money in the Bank ladder match concept to WrestleMania centered around him and him winning it. And he was out with an injury and they didn't do that. And then he comes back and they bring up, they bring these vignettes to bring him back in. And he's got a little bit of a different look. He grew a beard in and he cut his hair a little bit. And, you know, he, they, they brought in these like realistic, gritty underground fight club kind of vignettes. And, you know, we thought we were going to see a much edgier, tougher, aggressive Wade Barrett going forward. And he had, you know, a couple of runs with the Intercontinental title, nothing, you know, a a good run with Kofi for a little bit. And, you know, we thought we were going to see bigger things coming out of him um, heading into 2013, and we didn't. And I'm kind of shocked by it. I mean, we had heard some stories earlier in the year that the Wednesday show main event, which – I don't watch, I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, there's a lot of wrestling to watch, you know, for for the show for the week. And don't get me wrong, I love wrestling, but they really don't facilitate storylines. It's just, you know, kind of filler TV. And there was a rumor that they were going to take that show and turn it into, you know, a show based around the Intercontinental Championship and the rivalries surrounding that title. And at that time, Barrett was the champion, and he was going to kind of be the John Cena, the figurehead of that show. And for whatever reason, they decided to, you know, change those plans. Um, Yeah, I am pretty shocked because, I mean, you know, when he first debuted and he was on the NXT show and he was Jericho's, you know, protege on that show, he had, you know, everyone was talking about how great he was. And, you know, him and Daniel Bryan were the two top guys as far as, you know, everyone else didn't really matter on that show. And then um, they gave him that role in the leader of the Nexus and, you know, he excelled in that. He was head and shoulders above the rest. You know, the 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 top guy in that group, the leader. And um, you thought that after the way he performed, in especially in a spot like that for a for a rookie, in a sense, you know, on TV and a rookie to the viewers on television, that bigger things were going to come for him. And it seems like for whatever reason, it hasn't been the case. I mean, you know. 
for years they've talked about how great Kofi is athletically and how over he is with the audience and you know he's his in-ring ability is 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 amazing yet he's still in the same position it's like what what's the next what's the thing that they have to do to get to the next level you know and i feel bear is past Kofi in a sense and he's believable I mean especially with his work in Nexus I just think of his mic work and 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 how much heat he drew you know against John Cena in a day and age where the majority of the audience that watches WWE meaning the males you know from like 18 to 25 those guys that's a, a large majority of the audience and they hate John Cena and they ended up loving John Cena because of how much they hated Wade Barrett. I, I, I don't understand it. And I, I really, I'd love to see Barrett in the title picture, you know, mixing it up with guys like Orton, mixing it up with guys like Cena, Daniel Bryan, you know, all those guys. But for whatever reason, they just decided not to do it. I mean, maybe they're looking, maybe they feel that there's something better for him and they're just waiting for that idea to come along and then boom, they're going to do it. I mean, I don't know, but I'm, I am shocked. And, you know, we were definitely off the radar as far as our prediction goes. Yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys, I mean, at least with Kofi, you can kind of look at him and be like, all right, you know, there's always that old, you know, Vince doesn't like the smaller guys and the smaller guys trying to find their niche. So at least you can wrap your head around while Kofi's kind of languishing in the same spot, but at least you can kind of put your finger on at least, all right, well, I guess maybe that's the reason why he's he's kind of been in that same spot. I mean, Wade Barrett is one of those guys that if you were going to build – the 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 perfect wrestler or build the perfect superstar, he, he would come out looking like Wade Barrett. I mean, you know, size check, big dude. He's got a decent physique. He looks intimidating, especially since he came back with the beard. I mean, he just looks like a guy you don't want to mess with. So, all right, look all around, look in size, check and check. His ring work is solid. I mean, he's he's not Daniel Bryant in the ring, but. He can he can run a match. He's actually improved greatly with his in ring work, um, so he can give you a decent match. Check. Can he talk? Absolutely. That that's probably the strong suit. Is a guy can cut a promo. You know when he ran, like you said, when he ran the Nexus, uh, made for a great faction, and he was a great leader for a new guy on the scene to take that role as the leader of a, of a faction like that was he was tremendous at it. Check. So it's like, you know, there's no part of, of Wade Barrett's game that you look at and say, yeah, he's really bad at this. So this is probably why. Like, Unless he's got a piss-poor attitude behind the scenes, or like you said, there's something in the wings for him. But I, I, I don't get it. I mean, you know, other guys get these, these big pushes. Other guys, I mean, look at a guy like Ryback. Now, I know Ryback is, you know, physically, he's he's bigger than Barrett. But Barrett... Barrett can perform better in the ring, can can talk better than Ryback. So it's like, why do they, you know, why they decide? All right, Ryback's the guy that's going to get this monster push, and, and Wade Barrett just kind of like, you know, is, is always behind the scenes. I mean, you look at other guys that are pushed. I just look at Wade Barrett. It's like, wow, this guy's got all the talent in the world and and could really be a star. I mean, to me, and I don't know your thoughts, Dave, but I, I think Wade Barrett has got potential. More than enough potential to be the top heel in the company. Oh, absolutely! I mean, he proved it in that Nexus storyline by being the leader. At, at how much he he drew. He was the top heel at that point, in my opinion. 
um, you know, out of out of the entire company. You know, at that time they had split Raw and SmackDown. It was still a, a brand split, but he was the top guy. I mean, when he had forced John Cena to be a member of the Nexus, if he lost his match to him at, at the Hell in a Cell pay per view in 2010, and the heat he drew, and the the things he made John Cena do that morally Cena didn't want to do, you know, being the referee in in, in his title match against Randy Orton at the Survivor Series that year, and the, the, the free or fired concept, you know, if Cena, if, if Barrett won the title, Cena was free of being a member of the Nexus. But if he lost the match, he would have been fired. And there was that moral dilemma with Cena. And it was one of the most intriguing storylines going into that pay-per-view. And at that time, too, especially with the, the Miz had the money in the bank contract at the time, you know, there was all these different possibilities of, of ways to, to get around it. And, you know, I remember reading a lot of stuff online of different scenarios they could have gone with. But just that idea that Barrett basically had forced John Cena's hand into this and saying, you know, all right, you're going to referee my match against Randy Orton for the WWE title. I have to win that title. If I win that title, you are free from us. But if I lose, you're gone. And basically that was saying to Cena, you are going to help me win the title. If you don't, you're fired. And just the, the dilemma and the expression on Cena's face and, you know, what he had been put through in the past, you know, several months, starting with the Nexus, you know, it, Barrett became an instant player at the top of the card and in the main event, and in my opinion was the top heel at that time in the WWE. And he proved it then at a relatively young age on TV. I, mean, I don't know what he's, how old the guy is, but for being on TV, a newcomer, you know, he handled himself like a pro. And when I saw all that stuff that he did, I was like, this guy is main event. This guy is money. This guy is a world champion. He's at the top of the card for the rest of his career. But I've always said it in the past, WWE likes to take guys and they give them a little bit of a taste of what that push is like. And then when they feel it's necessary, they pull it out from under them and to see how well they can handle being buried. I mean, for the longest time, you know, Sheamus, who was in the company for four months, got the WWE title and had a solid run with it for about a good two or three months. And then after that was over, he slowly went down the card and slowly went down the card until the point where he became the king of the ring. But he looked ridiculous in that king outfit, and he just wasn't really doing a whole lot until when he got drafted to SmackDown a couple of years ago, and then he became a major player on SmackDown. And now he's, you know, one of the top guys in the WWE, or at least up until recently, where they really haven't done a whole lot with him. But they like to pull it away from guys, and they do that a lot because of guys that have walked out in the past. I mean, Brock Lesnar, a perfect example. Brock Lesnar was a guy that was given the entire world in the wrestling industry on a silver platter by Vince McMahon, the ultimate hype. He came in. He went through everybody. He beat Hogan, Undertaker, Rock, you know, all the span of, you know, just a few months, given the belt, had, you know, a great run as WWE champion, you know, matches with Kurt Angle and Big Show and this, that, and the other. And then he decides to leave and go try to play football in the NFL. And they were like, okay, we just invested all this money into this guy, and now he's just going to get up and walk away. And then they didn't learn their lesson after that, but they did the same thing with Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley made a ton of money being involved in that Donald Trump-McMahon storyline, the hair match at WrestleMania, and a few months later, he left 
to, to, to go to MMA. So I think now when they see potential in guys that they think are going to be top guys in the company in the future, they give them a little taste of it to see how well they do in that spot, but then they pull it away from them to see how well they handle being de-pushed or buried or whatever you want to call it. But I think the intention in mind, I think, with I would hope within the next you know few months, weeks, whatever, even, you know, next year or so, they have something in mind for Barrett to make him, you know, a, a guy involved in some serious storylines and not just be filler, you know, just to put on the show. Agreed. And by the way, Ryan, uh, Wade Barrett is 32 years old. So he's it's not a spring chicken, but he's definitely uh, young enough where, you know, he's got some years ahead of him uh, in this business. But, uh you know, again, it's it's really interesting just looking at a guy with with all this talent. Just uh, what's happening to him? But he he is. I mean, essentially, it's like you watch Raw, and, and if if Wade Barrett's the one that comes out first, it's like, all right, you know, who's he losing to tonight? And the music hits, like, all right, you know, Wade Barrett's losing to, you know, an insert wrestler's name here. I mean, Barrett just can't buy a win. So I mean. I think we're both big fans. Curious what you guys think. You know, do you like Wade Barrett? Do you think it's it's right? Do you think he's maybe not talented as as talented as we think he is? Uh, you know, I've been high on this guy for quite some time, and there's very you know, it's one of those things in wrestling that you know a lot of guys come in with with physical gifts. Um, you know, and you watch their gifts evolve over time, and uh, you know, become better workers. But uh, you know, you do see a lot. You know, a lot of times with guys that come in that they you know, the talking has to evolve and come and get comfortable with that microphone. Uh, you know, to me, it's it's rare that a guy comes in and immediately can really, you know, hit that promo. And, uh, you know, Barrett was able to. Barrett really came in and was just, you know, hand him a mic and he was gold. So, uh, you know, I hope uh, I hope we see something big out of Barrett because I think there's, there's a lot of untapped potential right there that uh, – like to see him be a big part of WWE TV. 347-838-9815. You want to talk about uh, the past year, your favorite moments. You want to talk about Wade Barrett. Or you want to talk about uh, something else in the world of pro wrestling. Give us a call now. We're going to go out to the phones. We got Tony on the line. Tony, how are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing all right. I'm doing pretty good. How you guys doing? Doing all right. What do you got for us? Well, let's see. As far as, you know, like, yeah, you've been talking about uh, Wade Barrett. I... I've actually been a fan of him too, and you know, as far as you know, his ring abilities, you know, his his mic skills. I I, I think the guy's good. You know, it's, I don't know why WWE always feels the need to pull the rug out from under a guy after they give him this, you know, after they give him this like initial push. You know, like you said, you know, he was the, you know, like he won the first season of NXT. He was the leader of the Nexus, and then and then it's like <laughs> after that, it's just like it's all. Seems like it's mostly been downhill. They can't, you know. It's like you know. Then unfortunately, he got injured after doing the whole. Because uh, actually, because you know, what I I like those vignettes where he was like whatever it was, he, where he was like working out in like the, the streets or whatever he was doing, you know, before before the whole bar barrage thing started. I thought those I thought those vignettes were kind of awesome. I thought those were you know. You know those I, were I thought they were yeah. cool too. I mean, to me, also like any time in wrestling, you know, you you can add a certain realism. To what's going on, uh, I think it, it helps. It's good, and there's something very gritty and real about those vignettes. I, I liked it a lot, and had a, you know, high hopes that he was gonna, you know, have a really substantial run when he came back. It just, it, it's surprising to me where just he's, you know, he's got all the gifts, and uh, you know, right now it's interesting because now in, in the way, 
uh, you know, the landscape of the WWE and, uh, you know, where it is and the storylines. Like, I can't even tell you, like, where to insert them. I mean, I can't tell you, like, oh, I have a definitive idea, you know, oh, he should work with this guy or he should run a program with this. I don't know where to put him right now, and maybe that's that's part of it, that other storylines have developed and taken off. And, uh, you know, guys like Daniel Bryan uh, have become, like, you know, super popular and, and the Wyatts debuting and all that other stuff going on that, you know, he's just a guy that, uh, you know, they, they don't know where to stick him. But, like, we've talked about Dave and I, you know, there are writers that are making a lot more money than I'm making that if you have a guy with all that talent, you should be able to figure out a, a decent spot to put him in because, uh, you know, I'm a big fan. Do you have, I mean, Tony, you've been watching this stuff for a while. You, you write about it. I mean, if you were to insert uh, Barrett somewhere or, or a program, you know, someone else you'd like to see him run a program with, is there, is there anyone right now that you'd like to say, hey, let's put Wade Barrett in, in this sort of role right now? You know, it is kind of it is kind of hard, you know, because he's been you know b- you know booked to be pretty much like non-existent. But you know, why not have uh, why not have him go um, you know like, stick him with Paul Heyman, maybe do do like a couple matches with CM Punk, or even, you know like I don't even need to think of that. You know, like, then he fought Randy Orton a couple times. You can do that again. Uh, you know, and well done, Tony, because you know. In in uh you know I'm curious what people think because we did post on the Facebook where you think Heyman could rank or, or does rank at all time managers. I mean, that is like kind of a quick fix. And and if if Heyman is is moving in that direction of of building a stable, uh, if nothing else, if they can't find anything else for him, uh, you know Wade Barrett being led down to the ring by Paul Heyman. I mean. I could see that working and maybe spawn into some tag matches where him and Curtis Axel uh, are teaming up together. Uh, you know, they have some history. So, uh, yeah, that's a good idea, Tony. I mean, if, if you're trying to find a spot for him, uh, yeah, why not stick him with Heyman? Heyman will, I think Heyman could help anybody. Uh, he definitely can, yeah. I mean, you know, like I say, if, if he wasn't managing Curtis Axel, I don't think Curtis Axel would have this gimmick. <laughs> but, uh Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Let, me, uh, not, not to, let me just uh, interrupt because uh, some breaking news. It's it's uh, <laughs> you can't make it up. Uh, but uh, WWE is doing a show in Cape Town, South Africa, and PW Insider is reporting that a crazed fan attacked. Yeah, Randy, I read this uh, at the end of his match. So uh, just saw this just now. So uh, uh, great. <laughs> Let's see, here it says, fan jumped the railing, hit Orton on the back during Orton's celebration after beating Big E. Uh, Orton kicked the fan and gave him the middle finger. <laughs> there you go. And the uh, fan was dragged out by security. So the fan may have also attacked Big E at ringside. Orton looked peeved at security. Security at ringside was beefed up after that. So uh, interesting incident out there in South Africa. And along the lines of what we're talking about, RVD beats Wade Barrett. They had an eight-minute match, and Barrett loses to uh, RVD. So yeah. there you have it. Uh, so last night. was it Cody Rhodes that beat him? What was that? On Raw, was it Cody Rhodes that Wade Barrett uh, lost to? Yeah, it was. It was. Okay, I thought so. And the match was the, uh, the match was actually pretty solid too. It wasn't just like a you know, it wasn't just like a two-minute squash fest or whatever. It was. I thought Barrett got some good offense in, you know, but it's like, you know. But I, you know, like I said, I still think, you know, having him be a, be the newest, hey, like, Heyman guy would be, would, 
you know, that seems to be like the best direction I can think of. I like that idea. I think that that's that's a decent idea. You know, trying to figure out what to do with them. I mean, the thing also with Barrett that that's weird with his matches, he he does, and he's a good performer. But since he's come back and they had the vignettes of the you know the bare knuckle brawler and everything, like a lot of his moves look like they hurt. You know, like he's got like this hard hitting style about him, which yeah. it, it it it's tough for me. Like it doesn't make sense when people aren't unconscious. Like he just. Like, some of his moves, he looks like he just killed his opponent, and then all of a sudden his opponent's up and Barrett's just lost. It's just it's, it's a weird dynamic. As entertaining as the matches are, it's like, all right, Barrett's, like, beating the hell out of him, and then, all right, yeah, Barrett just got pinned. I've just, I just had a little bit of an epiphany here, and it goes along with what we're talking about with Wade Barrett. Give me a minute. Okay. Wade Barrett, obvi- Wade Barrett obviously hasn't really been doing a whole lot, Okay. You have, now, ironically enough, Ryback, who was in the original Nexus as Skip Sheffield, they don't really know where to go with him either. And they've kind of given him this bully role, whatever. Heath Slater, who's a part of 3MB, where have they been? In fact, it looked like Slater had left his guys to get taken out by the Wyatt, so what's the status of 3MB? Last week on Raw, they made it. They they announced that Darren Young and Titus O'Neil, although they are tag team as the primetime players, are now looking to focus on their singles careers. Justin Gabriel, he used to be tagged up with Tyson Kidd. Tyson Kidd's been hurt. Where's Justin Gabriel? He's in Jobberland. And forgetting who. And Otunga, can't forget about Otunga and the coffee slurp. Forget <laughs> about him. What if they brought back the Nexus? All these guys aren't doing anything of significance. It would be, you could say Ryback is probably the only person that's got a little bit more of a role than everybody else in that group that's on the, that's on the show right now. What if they reform the Nexus? What if Barrett were to, you know, come up with some sort of game plan and go to all these guys and be like, listen, we split up a few years ago, and granted we had short-term success. We were much better together as a group. What if he brought all these guys back together and reform the Nexus. It's, it's not years, a bad idea. A few years under their belt, they're a little older, they're a little wiser, a little smarter. Ryback's not Sheffield anymore. Otunga's a lawyer. Keith Slater still sucks at music. I mean, you know, what if they just all like, put their brains together and be like, where's our career gone since Nexus? It, 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 I, I like it. I mean, they're bringing back these factions, or they're bringing back the idea of factions. So you have the Wyatts, you have the Shield. Uh, you know, why not bring back? You know, you have two new ones. Why not bring back? Uh, you know, it's not that old, but an oldie but goodie with with them. I I, I think that could work, and it'd be something that would come out of left field that uh, you know, people wouldn't see coming, and it would be something that we talked about rebuilding Ryback. I mean, Ryback coming into the fold, being a uh, you know, partnered with and represented by and led by Wade Barrett could, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that could be something uh, very intriguing. Uh, even, you know, he could take that approach where, like, you know, there are other people banding together, uh, you know, for us to survive, we need to band together again. Um, that I, I kind of like the idea. Why not? You're welcome, Stanford. 
<laughs> Tony, thanks so much for the call. Appreciate you calling and supporting us. And everyone remember, Tony's the best blogger in the business. You go over to thekenryshow.com. Check out his blogs on Raw, SmackDown, and Impact. So, uh, hey, Tony, so we'll be in touch on the, the Facebook and emails and look forward to reading your blogs. And uh, we'll we'll talk to you come September, if not sooner. Thanks for uh, your support and everything. Oh, absolutely! You got it. Now, you know, continue blogging too. And and I know it's, uh, I also saw for, it's not till November, but House of Hardcore Three uh, returns to Poughkeepsie in November. Yes, very excited about that. That announcement made yesterday, and uh, you know, interestingly enough, that you brought that up, Tony. Uh, you know, it's funny. You go to Philadelphia, and I was all about you know Philadelphia and seeing Tommy Dreamer's promotion in Philly, and I can't wait to you know feel the the, the Philadelphia crowd and. Yeah. Honestly, the the crowd in Poughkeepsie was hotter. The crowd in Poughkeepsie was hotter, and I, and I thought it was a better venue for uh, the event. So I'm kind of psyched that they're going back to Poughkeepsie, and I'm looking forward to House of Hardcore 3. And, and hopefully we'll finagle our way to having some sort of involvement in that show. We're always looking to expand the, the Ken Reedy show. So thanks a lot for the call, Tony. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Take it easy, man. All right, let's we'll stick with the phones. We got Mr. Trivia is on the line. Trivia, are you there? Yeah. Hey guys, how you doing? I snuck oh, away. All right, how are you doing? Oh, pretty good. Hey guys, listen, I just want to say, uh, you know, thank you very much for making my Sunday and Tuesdays enjoyable to listen to. You guys are the best in the business. I don't care what anybody says. It's a pleasure to listen to you. And uh, Dave, I gotta, I gotta agree with you once again. I mean, you know, this thing with the Nexus. I mean, I. I really like that concept, but here's one thing that I would like to see. You know, you're talking about Wade Barrett and how I think he's be, you guys think he's being underutilized. Whatever, what would they, how, how could they do a program with another guy who I think is a really talented wrestler, and he had this undefeated streak going, and then he loses, and then he goes in the toilet with Drew McIntyre. I mean, how how would it look? How would it would it make the Nexus a lot? better if they bought him back if they bought the nexus back inserting drew mcintyre into that uh, into one of their roles that that would be a good you know that's something you're right on the money dude because that's something i thought about even during the original nexus if they had mcintyre involved in it but that time mcintyre was you know given the chosen one character and he was you know the 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 next guy, he was, you know, Vince's pet project or whatever, and he had the protection of Vince, you know, throughout all his matches. But, you know, McIntyre in that group would, would would be pretty – Would I think – I mean, I would like to see it. However, everyone knows his potential. The only bad thing about that is everyone knows his potential and, and to what he can do on his own. You know, he's been a part of a comedy act for the better part of the past, you know, six months or whatever, you know, even longer than that with with this 3MB with Jinder Mahal and, and Heath Slater. But if they – if I mean, it would be cool to see. However, I think everyone is on board with him being, you know, on his own and doing his own thing that I think – I don't think it would go over too well with – most wrestling fans, especially the hardcore ones, you know, online that have seen the potential that McIntyre had on his own. You, and in, in a sense, you would take him from one group and put him in another. And like I said, people have seen how good he can be on his own. Um, you know, uh, doing, uh, you know, doing his own thing that putting him in another group just wouldn't really, it, 
it would just feel like he's in 3MB, but they're a little bit edgier and they're not, you know, bad musicians, you know. So I, I think if 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 they were to give Drew McIntyre a push, they they should push him, you know, on his own. However, I think what would be pretty cool is, um, you know, back in the uh, the 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 OVW and even the Florida Championship Wrestling days, um, he tagged with Sheamus a few times, and they liked you know the 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 connection that the two of them had as a team. You know, what if they had built him and Sheamus as a tag team, and you know turned Sheamus heel? Because I think Sheamus's babyface run is just kind of running its course, so to speak. Sheamus is the new John Cena. They're gonna you know they're gonna push him down our throats as a baby face. He's not going to be nearly on the level of what John Cena is, but um, I, I think it's time for him to change it up a little bit too. And I think maybe tagging him up with Drew McIntyre would be pretty cool. You know, they kind of got that international flavor connection, so to speak, but, you know, they're a little edgier and a little, you know, more aggressive than, you know, most of the wrestlers on the roster. But, you know, I, I do like the idea. Um, however, I just don't think – I think people have seen him before as a singles guy and have seen what he can do on his own and how good he was on his own. So I, 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 think, I, I think bringing back the original Nexus group itself um, would, would be better not adding somebody new to that mix. Oh, okay, yeah, because I was thinking well, – because while I was listening to it, I heard you mention it about – you know, with the Nexus and all, and, you know, that'd be interesting to see, like, a Nexus shield feud or, you know, how they all come out and, you know, gang up on one person. You know, that's kind of like the mentality of those two guys. And um, one of the other guys I think they should get a push right out the door, uh, what I can't figure out is, you know, I mean, I don't know, is it just because they're using him as a freak show or what? But the great Kali, I mean, come on, the guy is a monster, and you see this guy walk into the ring. He's like seven foot, whatever. Weighs like four hundred and whatever. And you get this guy in the ring, and he's you know he's losing to guys like the Big Slow. I mean, he's you know, they're losing to guys that you know they shouldn't be losing to. I mean, seriously, what are the chances of a guy like Daniel Bryan, who's a very very talented wrestler, and I do believe is going to be the next WWE champion, but. Back then, when he wasn't really getting that big of a push, I mean, he was still, uh, you know, star status and everything, but he beats a guy like the Big Show. I mean, that's like me going into the ring and facing the Big Show. I mean, I'd get crushed. And, you know, like Ken said, the WWE really doesn't uh, do too much with the smaller guys because they're always looking for the big hulking guys for, for wrestling and everything. But, I mean, the great Kali, come on, the guy's got hands like a catch, like catcher's mitts, and how can you beat this guy, somebody this size, and he's always losing his matches. Well, I mean, my ex- the only explanation I could think of as to why that they don't give him a stronger push, um, you know, and even turn him heel is uh, stories I've read when he was a, a heel wrestling the Undertaker over in India. I mean, the Great Khali's a like a cult figure over there. He was, a, he was a former Punjab police officer over there, and he's like a hero. And WWE TV would go over to India, and they would show these matches and you know, with, with him and Undertaker or whoever, and the commentary over there portrayed him to be you know, a good guy, and it just grew. Like the audience just gravitated over there to, to see him, and that was their hero, and that was their guy that, you know, you know, their, their sports athletic figure that, you know, went over to the United States and made it big. And the audience thought it was real over there. 
that, you know, he was the real hero, the giant that, you know, had, had you know, taken over the WWE at that point. And that's why I don't see, they'll, see why they'll ever turn him heel because over in, you know, over in, in, in India, they, he's, He's a hero to, to, to young kids and to a large portion of that audience that watches WWE television. And like I said, they think it's real. They don't, like, the majority of them don't know it's scripted. Like, to the point where, like, local newscasts in India would do reports, like, in their sports reports, you know, in, in the sports section of, their, of their, their television programs, would cover the Great Khali's world title win or Great Khali defeating Batista or somebody. You know, they, 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 they took it that seriously. And he's also a figure over there that, that can be identified with WWE for their television audience itself. Like, you know, the, 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 the Latin audience has Rey Mysterio. Well, the Indian audience has the great Kali, and, you know, the, the Irish have Seamus. They're trying to, you know, internationally expand, um, you know, with, with, their, with their television product, and they want great Kali to be the figurehead of that. And in order for him to do that, they feel he's got to be a, a, a baby face, a good guy. So um, putting him in a more comedy, you know, feel-good role, so to speak, that he has now on television, I guess – at least in their minds, from what I'm guessing, translates better to the to the Indian television over there. Yeah, I also and, think, uh, and I hate, you know, and I, I hope, you know, I, I mean, to, to speculate, but I, I think also that the reason why you see Kali and and him not getting more substantial roles, substantial storylines. I mean, and it actually makes me sad when when I see him come down to the ring. But I, I think that guy's hurting. I mean, I, I I question, you know, where the great Cully is as far as his health goes. And, uh, you know, if he's, when you got a guy that, uh, you know, could, could blow out a joint somewhere or, or, you know, have a significant injury at, at any given time, it's, it's tough to say, all right, well, we're going to, we're going to bank on you being able to carry a storyline. I mean, right now, I mean, he is huge and he is, you know, an attraction when you see him come down to the ring and, uh, you know, his hands are the size of uh, frying pans, but, you know, it looks like he, the dude can hardly walk now. So, I mean, you know, I get it where, all right, you know, how do you put a guy like that in a substantial storyline? Um, you know, even, I mean, if you turn him heel, he's got to be like a super heel. And physically, I don't know if that guy can sustain that. So it's it's better for him probably just to kind of be in this uh you know, his comic relief role and, and market uh, WWE to India and just kind of serve that because uh, I don't know if he could physically handle a substantial storyline. Yeah, I know, because the place that I live, the, where I live out here in Pennsylvania now, where we have this uh, this place here where I happened to have the day off of work one day and I came back in the next day and some guy was telling me that the great Kali walked into the restaurant. And it was like, wow, that must have been something fabulous. But hey guys, uh my my favorite moment of the show other than listening to you guys, which is the best of the moments you can have, is the um money in the bank ladder run of Scooby Doo. That was my best that was my best that was, that was my best feel good moment of the of the show. And uh the interviews were awesome, you know, Coco's interview was great, B Brian Blair, Tommy Dreamer. Uh, you guys keep up the good work. Ken and Dave, enjoy your August off. You guys really deserve it, and uh, we'll definitely talk to you when you guys come back. Thanks a lot for the support. Thanks for, uh, you know, you hooked us up with some guests, too, so thanks a lot, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you when we get back on the air. All right, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Take it easy. 
Oh, yeah, so Justin's picking of Scooby-Doo makes uh, the top, someone makes this trivia's top moment. Uh, It's interesting because they're going on the Facebook right now, and uh, Mike Ferrara uh, wrote that his favorite moment of the last seven months was uh, my rant last week. Um, So uh, a little tongue-in-cheek rant about Daniel Bryant. Uh, Dank says, Taker disappearing at WrestleMania, LOL. Michelle DG. Uh, let's see, was Mike Ferrara's famous rant in the past seven months? I think his trip to the buffet was. That's the top of the list. And Michelle goes on to say also Ken's Uso chant. And, oh, how can we forget this? Dave, tailgating with, with Pat Crowley and the infamous grill. <laughs> Need I go on? Yeah, and he managed to actually return that. He actually burnt off the thing and got his money back from Target. Well, I I heard that it was his wife that really was the negotiator in that deal. He just happened to be present for it. But (laughs) actually, Pat said that he agrees. His highlight of 2013 was the tailgate, and uh, that is a good idea. So we need to pick a, a wrestling show every year in the New York, New Jersey area and do it again. We should have a an annual tailgate in conjunction with the King Firehawk show. So good idea, Pat. So yeah, there's some of the favorite moments of the past seven months. Uh, thank you all for uh, supporting and, and posting on the old Facebook. We're going to stick with the phones. We got we actually have Mike on the line, so let's go to him. Mike, are you there? Hey, what's up, guys? How's it going? Doing all right. How are you? What do you got for us? All right. No, I'm good. Um, did you see I posted the picture up of Scooby-Doo? <laughs> I, uh, I posted it. It wasn't the first time Justin mentioned Scooby-Doo. He mentioned him one time about him being a, a great champion. Well, I'm sure it wasn't the first time he mentioned Scooby-Doo, and it won't be the last. But uh... And I hope not. I love Scooby-Doo. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, so, so, anyway, so let's get back to this. So I love I love the uh, the buffet. I, I think that was a great moment when I ran to the about how Magic and I went to a buffet and it, and it was uh, closed. I did. That, that was after I got beat by a cane by that stupid Tony Scott beating me with a cane. So you, you, you've had a forgot, rough seven months. I haven't forgot about Tony Scott and his cane. I haven't forgot about Mike Cap, the thief that he is. But anyway, yeah, I had a rough seven months. I've been busted with a cane. I, I, I've been all over the I've been all over the map. Although I will say this, wrestling has been good to me. Can't complain, really. You know, it was last year. It was last year at the beach party, which is now going to be called Hunter's Beach Party, and I'm very happy um, for that that I got to meet you guys and uh, chill out with you guys, and I got my contract. It's when I got reinstated into the BWO because Tony Scott was. Um, doing stupid things like throwing things at me and, and being the jerk that he is. But one thing you can't do is, he made a mistake, is you can't throw stuff at the fans. And uh, that's what cost him. And that's how I got back into the BWO. But um, last night I was watching Raw, and again, they had that moron slapping guys around because I don't know what it, what happened. I have no clue what it was about. But he, he, Ryback has the nerve, again, to slap someone in the face. You know, I, I, I just look at him and I'm like, are you kidding me? You're going to have him fight? You're going to have him throw food at him now? I mean, this is disgusting. You know, there are kids watching this show, for Christ. 
You know, you want the, what happened to being a bully? You know, what happened to, I used to be called names, and I, you know, and, and what about being a star? This guy's a it, bully, you know? I, I, I agree. I think that's, that's really interesting, that because it seems like that's the direction they're going in with his character, that they're they're going to really make him a bully, which I, I find I'll that slap, intriguing. I'll slap him up, because I'll slap Ryback up. I don't care. I'm not afraid of no yeah. Ryback. I'm not, I'm not afraid of Ryback, you know what I'm saying? They, 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 you know, I ain't afraid of nobody. And, you know, Ryback's a bully. But, you know, Ryback just better stay away from me, because I don't like his attitude, and I don't like him. I think that's my favorite moment of the next seven months, hearing this right now. <laughs> Because, you know, when Micah Mania runs wild, brother, Micah Mania runs wild on you. I love it. I love it. I'm Micah Mania. We're in, baby. Uh, I don't hear <laughs> no yeah, I, 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 I just don't like it. I don't like how bullies are bullies. But, yeah, Christian beating Alberto Del Rio was great last night. Can we get our producer to hashtag that Micah Mania, please, on the Facebook Micah. chat? Yeah, baby. <laughs> Hashtag hey, Ken, you and, hey, Ken, you and I are part of that WCW deal, man. I I like that. Yeah, I jumped on board like uh, on Sunday night. So, yeah, it looks like it can be an interesting page. Looking uh, forward to kind of getting into it and uh, learning more about it. I mean, I just, I just joined and then I got approved, so I haven't really gotten to delve in. But it looks like it could be a lot of fun. Well, I joined in and I, uh, I, I posted a question on there tonight, which is, again, the same question I posted on my Facebook page, was what was, who was your favorite WCW tag team? And I picked the Nasty Boys. They're, they're a good tag team. I, I have to think about that, who my favorite WCW tag team would have been. They have, they have <laughs> so many great tag teams. The Steiner Brothers, Public Enemy, you know, just the greatest, uh, greatest teams going today uh, on that. On that, I, I liked it. I mean, Arn Anderson and whoever he was partners with, they were a great team. Who was Dave? Did you have a favorite tag team in WCW? There were a lot of good ones. I mean, I couldn't really narrow down a favorite, but if I liked, you know, I mean, I loved, I loved the rivalry between the Midnight Express and the Rock and Roll Express. I like Arn and Tully a lot. I like the Road Warriors. Um, I mean, I, one team that I really was disappointed that they split up, that I thought had, like, super potential to be, like, one of the greatest tag teams of all time was the Hollywood Blondes, Steve Austin and Brian Pillman. In the mm. short period of time, they were the top heels in that company. Um, feuding with, you know, the likes of Ric Flair and Arn Anderson, um, Ricky Steamboat, Shane Douglas. I mean, they had some great matches. I love the Outsiders. And, pro- I, you know, I'd probably say if there was one tag team that I, if, when I think of WCW and I look at, it's got to be the Steiners, in my opinion. I loved the Steiners. I thought that they were, you know, for, for guys their size to move around that they do, when Scott Steiner would do the Frankensteiner and, you know, the suplexes and all the crazy moves, you know, that they did, that would probably be my favorite WCW tag team. I mean, I, I liked a lot of – I thought WCW tag team wrestling at one point was better than the WWF's tag team wrestling with all the teams that they had that, you know, had, 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 had come into play. You know, Harlem Heat, you know, Mike mentioned the Nasty Boys. Um, but the Steiners, to me, were like the ultimate as far as tag team wrestling goes. They were very innovative and, uh, you know, just just fun to watch. I love the Steiner Brothers. They're probably they're in my top five as far as tag teams of all time. 
You know who I, I liked as a tag team? Dave Sullivan and Ralph the Rabbit. How about that? Oh, God, really? You? <laughs> I like the Rabbit. I like Ralph. How about that one? That was a good one. That was a good tag team. And Dave Sullivan. Wasn't he? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and Dave Sullivan. Dave Sullivan was a Hulkamaniac, too. Let's have a Dungeon of Doom reference on this show while we're at it. I got, I got something actually funny because, you know, today I was watching wrestling with my little nephew, and he said, Uncle Michael, can we watch this thing of Hulk Hogan? And I said, sure. And it was Hogan versus the Giant from Halloween Havoc. And Tony Schiavone is the funniest guy when he said, Oh, my God, and the Yeti is coming out here. I was laughing so hard. I said, my nephew said, what is that thing? I said, that's the Yeti. I said, <laughs> but that was funny. Uh, but I just happened to think, like, when I watched WCW, um, all the greatest tag teams <laughs> that were there, I, I, I like Cactus Jack, and I used, to, I used to love Cactus Jack when he was with Sullivan. I like Kevin Sullivan, and they were made a good tag team. You know, but like I, but you know, Harlem Heat made a good tag team. They were tag team champions. So it just goes to show you never, you never know. You know, you never know. And also on your show, you never know what reference we're going to be referencing. You know, there's there's so many references on your show. Yeah, I know. We just uh, we leave that up to the callers to just uh, throw us off in a completely new direction. We could go Cartoon Network on you. We could, we could go Cartoon Network on you. We can go, you know, old school wrestling on you. We can go any any uh, direction. But let me ask I you before, that, before, go ahead. before we let you go, I'm curious. Did you uh, yes, sir. did you happen to catch Total Divas? Yes, I did. Oh, you did. I'm surprised. All right, well, rant away. What'd you think of Total Divas? I thought. I, I thought Total Divas was good. I thought that, I am not going to lie, I thought the only thing that I didn't like about it was, and you know what, Natalia's right. How come the Bellas got that spot and Natalia didn't? And Natalia had a babysit um, kids. You know, Natalia is, is a good wrestler, and she deserves a better push than she was getting. And I also like that they did a little thing last last night with it. Um, I did like it. I am going to watch it every week until it's over. Um, I like the fact that all these wrestlers are dating. I like that the Uso, whatever, he's dating uh, one of the Funkadelics or whatever they're called. Um, I just, all in all, I liked it. I thought the drama, the drama backstage, you need that. Maybe, you know, the fans need to see it a little more. But other than that, I tell you, I liked it, and... It's good in my it's good in my eyes. Um it just uh it's just funny to see John Cena with the Bella and then Daniel Bryant, whatever, with the Bella. It's kinda of funny. But what do you guys think of it? I'm curious about it. Um it's interesting. I mean I thought that honestly I thought the show was better than than I, I thought it would be. Um it's difficult to look at a reality show and and completely know for a fact what really is real and what's scripted. Um, the one thing for me, honestly, that that I would change about the show would would be the Bellas. I I, I didn't like them at all. I didn't find them entertaining. I found them uh, annoying, and I, I didn't care. I, I really didn't. I didn't care at all 
about the Bellas and them trying to be bitchy and acting like they're in charge. I agree with you. I like Natalia. I, I liked uh, her, her, again, prefacing. I don't know what's real and what's scripted, but when she was complaining about wanting that spot, um, I, I liked that stuff. I liked the stuff with her on the red carpet. Uh, I liked her complaining about babysitting the, the newbies. Uh, I liked the stuff backstage with uh, the Funkadactyls. Uh, I liked, you know, Uso, actually, he seemed very real. Um, you know, and I, I, I liked his involvement there. Um, so I liked that stuff. Uh, even the stuff with Brodus Clay and uh, I'm brain farting on the Funkadactyls' names, but whatever one that he just he yelled Cameron at. Cameron and Naomi. Yeah, it's Cameron and Naomi, but they're not going. But they're going by their real names on the show. So I'm I'm oh, totally I confused. Um, but yeah, they really fooled like, really you, Ken. Yeah, I'm I'm like totally confused. Like I'm, I was watching, like, wait, did they did they change Funkadactyls? I think this is the same. <laughs> I'm looking at like, oh, so they're going by their real names on the show, but they're Cameron and Naomi. Just is it one of those girls, the one that was on Tough Enough and told Steve Austin her favorite match was with Melina and Alicia Fox? <laughs> Yeah, she's she's one of them. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> she is. She's real. She's a reality TV producer's wet dream right there. They can they should keep her. <laughs> wasn't yeah, exactly. there? Wasn't wasn't uh, wasn't JoJo used on the show or something? And uh, wasn't somebody with Fandango or whatever the heck his name is? <laughs> Was jeez, I, 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 I don't know. Fandango. I'm oh, sorry. Fandango. Fandango. I think. Anyway, um, like always, I, I think, well, I'm just saying, I think he was, I don't know, I think he was with it. But anyway, guys, when we come back in September, I will have some new rants for you guys, and we're going to kick this thing, like we always say, in high gear. And I don't think we're going to have a new champ. I think SummerSlam, we're going to see it. It's still going to be John Cena. The champ is still here. But thank Sounds you guys good. Thanks. I look forward to some new rants, and we'll we'll talk to you in September. I can't wait, brothers. And I'll also, you can also catch me on Facebook, Dave. I'll catch you on Facebook, Ken, Facebook, Miss Chelsea G. I'll definitely catch you on Facebook, and I'll look forward to it. And I'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Take it easy. Bye. All right, you too. Bye bye. Yeah, it's been a little. I mean, I'm never going to fun and go. Jesus Christ. Hey, it's amazing, man. We, we do. I know people listening to the show, they're like, if they listen to this show for like the first time and 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 it's in the middle of like one of our callers ranting on something, like you would never believe that we actually do. Dave and I have a conversation. We come up with an outline. We we figure out exactly what we want to talk about. We we time subjects out. We put a couple of subjects on standby. Like if we if we need something else to talk about, we we really do plan this show out and then. Somewhere along the lines, we're, we're hitting Scooby-Doo or, or WCW tag teams. It's unbelievable where the show can go. In, but hopefully you guys listen out there. The main focus is to just keep you guys entertained. And uh, I think that's what we're doing. We keep everyone entertained. But, uh, yeah, I mean, back to the, the Total Divas. I mean, it's it's a big deal with uh, the WWE. I, I think the show has got some potential. But like I said, I, I, I had no interest in the Bellas. And to be honest with you, like with reality TV and not knowing what's scripted and what's not, to be perfectly honest, it would not shock me at all if uh, John Cena's and, and Brie Bella's relationship was a completely a work. 
uh, it, it just it, it looked like that where like they they could just be acting through this relationship and the relationship doesn't actually exist in real life. Um, you know, and and I'm I'm curious and kind of worried how much involvement the Bellas and the show will have on the uh, the main event at, at SummerSlam. I'm hoping not a lot. Um, but when I look at the show and much, you know, we talked about it on Sunday. When I when I look at like the drama backstage with the Funkadactyls, I thought that was entertaining and it was interesting. It was interesting that Brodus Clay, you know, yelled something while they were practicing a match. He actually told, uh, I think Cameron, you suck, uh, while they were practicing the match, and she was visibly upset. And she had her boyfriend backstage who wanted to go and and kick uh, Brodus Clay's ass, and then Natalia was the one that was trying to talk him off the ledge, so not to cause. Uh, you know, a big blow up backstage because, you know, he would have, Brodus Clay would have kicked his ass. Um, that stuff I found at least intriguing. Uh, you know, it could all be a work, but I did find it interesting just to see that stuff going on backstage. Stuff like during WrestleMania, the uh, the Funkadactyls, their their clothes were being sewn. Like, at that moment at WrestleMania, they, they had to go out for their match and, and the clothes weren't finished. I, I had a hard time believing that that was true. I, I figured, you know, the costumes for WrestleMania, you think, would be done far enough in advance. So I was kind of shocked and uh, a little disbelieving as far as uh, that actually being real. Um, seeing their match get pulled from WrestleMania was, was interesting. Uh, it, it was kind of cool to, to see that that drama backstage again. I do find myself wondering, uh, was that all a work? You know, did they they schedule that match purely for the sake of the show with the intent of pulling it? Um, you know, nothing would surprise me. But when we talked about it on Sunday, you know, if I if I was the show would be awesome if they took the Bellas out and added AJ and Caitlin. And we talked about it briefly on Sunday. And when I watched the premiere episode now. I, I really believe that. I really think the show could be really interesting uh, just seeing, you know, I mean, AJ and Caitlin, uh, AJ being uh, the, the Divas champion, um, her involvement with uh, multiple storylines over the course of the year, uh, you know, Caitlin and, and Caitlin's relationship with AJ and, uh, you know, Caitlin's uh, big into the weight training and watching how she trains. I, I just think that inserting those two and just booting the Bellas uh, would have made the show like really good. But uh, uh, it was definitely better than I thought it would be. And I, I am planning at least right now uh, to give it a chance. Uh, you've seen some of the coming attractions, Dave, uh, looking at uh, episodes in the future. Are you, you willing at least to give Total Divas a chance? Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. I didn't catch it on Sunday night and, uh, I I nodded off, you know, a couple of times during Raw last night, and then as the end came, the minute the credits hit, you know, and they 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 closed it out, I was out like a light. Um, I was pretty tired yesterday, you know. I stayed up, you know, for the majority of Raw, um, and I didn't get to watch the replay that they put on. But I'm assuming they'll have it on demand on the E Networks, you know, on demand channel. Um, I'll check it out once. I saw the preview for the next week's episode, and it kind of previews, um, you know, the Bella's life, you know, with, you know, John Cena and Daniel Bryan, you know, them respectively, and, um, you know, traveling with them. It seems like they get used to the lifestyle of uh, being, you know, um, involved romantically with, you know, a uh, 
a, a top WWE superstar. They showed him in like a private jet. You know, the, you know Brian Cena and the girls. Um, they showed uh, the, the you know Cena's house a little bit with his cars and uh, the uh, the he's got like an indoor pool in his house, but with like a waterfall. And so, I mean, I'm kind of interested to see like you know what kind of lifestyle John Cena lives a little bit. So I'll probably check out next week's episode. Maybe I'll go back to the first one, you know, if it's on on a replay at all and uh, see what it's about. But uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, it's not going to be, um, you know, a regu- it's not going to have a regular spot in the rotation on my DVR. Yeah, I get you. I'm just, I, again, I find myself being a little bit disappointed that they picked the Bellas. I, I just, I don't, I, I, I don't like them. I just... And not in like a a heel like you know villain guy. I, I just I didn't like him. I just didn't. I, I I I found every time they were on the screen kind of uninteresting. Even like the newbies, I was kind of interested in just to see. You know, they showed upcoming episodes of them like training in the ring, and that's that stuff I kind of want to see. But uh, yeah, the bells and the, the interesting thing also the the one thing that stuck out in me, and uh, you know I, maybe this will be a focal point of SummerSlam, but God, I hope not. But Daniel Bryant completely throws John Cena under the bus during the episode. He's going to look, he's going to look for rings. He's going ring shopping with Nikki. And John Cena, as as they're planning their ring shopping, John Cena ha- happens to buy uh, Bree a, a Range Rover. And I guess Bree had always wanted uh, a Range Rover, so buys her the car. And... Uh, so she's so excited, and, and uh, both the Bellas are, are at the Bella house, and they're you know excited about the car and everything. And, and then Daniel Bryant, sitting at the, the kitchen table, he goes, I find it unusual that he would buy you a car before he buys you a ring. Dude, seriously? Come on, that's, that's totally breaking the man code. You don't throw a guy <laughs> under the bus like that. <laughs> We know he's getting jobbed out at SummerSlam. Because <laughs> <laughs> John Cena does have that sort of stroke. You're just like, yeah, remember the comments you made about the ring and the card? Guess who's losing at SummerSlam this year? Hey, Brian, guess what? I'm kicking out of it, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, and, you know, again, I, I, I thought the show was more entertaining than, than I, I originally would have anticipated. Um, I'm really hoping... Because the storyline is building in a nice way, and I'm hoping that they don't overdo it. I mean, it seems like the WWE really wants to push the show and wants the show to be successful. And obviously, I mean, they're an, they're an entertainment company. They they want to branch out into different avenues, um, you know, different networks. They obviously have their film division. Now they're on ETV, uh, entertainment television with the Diva show. So obviously, I get it. You want to expand and you want to get out there, different different modes of entertainment. Um, you know what I think would be great on, on a different topic? WWE Radio. Hmm? WWE Radio. Why, why can't WWE have their own channel on Sirius XM and, and Dave and I aren't available? So just put that out there right now. But anyway, as the WWE moves, <laughs> moves into different areas of entertainment, I, I just hope they don't let like other things suffer. And I do get a little bit concerned with what we're seeing so far with the Bellas and Cena and Daniel Bryan, I, I, I just hope Total Divas does not become a real focal point on this title matchup coming at SummerSlam because I, I'm liking the build right now. Uh, I like the fact that John uh, that uh, 
Daniel Bryan came out at the end of Raw last night. Uh, the exchange last night to begin Raw with Daniel Bryan and Vince McMahon, I, I found very intriguing, uh, especially because Vince McMahon is saying, I don't want you as my champ, and I don't want John Cena as my champion. There's going to be some involvement from Vince McMahon, one would think. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I think putting this, um, you know, we haven't really been sure as far as, like, where this power struggle, friction between the McMahon family and Triple H storyline is gone, but I think we're now seeing it more clear in the past few weeks that it's it's going to be a focal, I mean, we knew it was going to be a focal point, but now it's going to be a, a, a large part of the, the um the Daniel Bryan, John Cena um, storyline. At least that's where I think it's headed. I mean, they could totally take a different swerve with it and go somewhere else with it. But, um, you know, something I was thinking about after watching last night, um, you know, Vince was, like, blatantly obvious that, you know, of two things. One, he wanted somebody to beat John Cena for the WWE title, but he didn't want that somebody to beat Daniel Bryan. And, now that I'm thinking of it, they could go a couple different ways with this, but what if it was a swerve with Vince and Daniel Bryan all along and Daniel Bryan ends up turning heel against you know, John Cena and getting help for winning the WWE Championship? And, Ken, you and I spoke, you know, uh, you know, before the show, and I don't mean to, you know, blow up your spot, but what if, you know, the, the idea of John Cena finally turning heel? It's talked about every time a scenario that could possibly be John Cena turning heel comes up, we'll discuss it. But, Daniel, you know, I've said it before. There's somebody that's got to be so over and sells more merchandise and does better in the ratings than John Cena for them to decide they want to turn John Cena heel. And this now more than ever is the perfect opportunity if they were to go that route. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying I agree that it would happen. Would it be cool to see? Absolutely. Daniel Bryan is the hottest thing in wrestling right now. I don't know what his numbers reflect in the ratings because I don't follow the ratings. I don't follow how much merchandise he sells. So I don't know if he's outselling John Cena, but I know he's got to be in there in the top three, top two or three. Um, you know, or or, the, or it could lead to the idea of you know Vince doesn't want either of them to be the champion, and that's how Randy Orton cashes it. Yeah, which which you know it's it's very intriguing. I mean, you know the 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 dreaded John Cena heel turn conversation, um, which you know I mean we we've talked about it a couple times, and it, it's something that uh, we honestly we try to steer clear of uh, bringing that up because it, it's it's something that's talked about way too often. But this is something that you know for John Cena to turn heel, there had to be a guy that, like you said, Dave, that's that's super over. The guy that uh, you know, is is so popular and and perhaps could could threaten Cena as far as being the the top uh, merchandise uh, seller. So you know, right now, I mean, Daniel Bryan is in such a super popular position. I mean, he is one of those guys that like, look, you know, even when you go back and and CM Punk is you know went through his period of of being like super popular and he's still really popular. I mean, I think he. You know, the money in the bank and running off with the title, like that was probably the height, the pipe bomb, you know. But I, I, I always got the impression with, with CM Punk that he didn't cross over to all groups of wrestling fans. Um, I, I think that CM Punk was, was incredibly popular, but especially with the, the internet wrestling community. But, you know, kids, uh, you know, I'm sure there are kids that liked him, but I, I, 
you know, the ladies, eh, I'm sure there were ladies, but I didn't I didn't get that impression that he was super over across the board with all groups of wrestling fans. I think what Daniel Bryant has been able to do, which has been pretty amazing, and, you know, wrestling fans like to chant, and, and you know, as much as it, it's a silly little chant, uh, you know, it, it's it's helped. I mean, Daniel Bryant's done a lot on his own, a lot his in-ring work, his mic work, I'm not saying it, but the chant has definitely helped to put him over. And, and Daniel Bryan is in that position where he's over with the internet community, he's over with kids, he's over with families, he's over with, with, with just about every group of wrestling fans you could think of. He's over. I, I mean, he's really popular right now. So if there was ever a guy that that maybe they could slot in, and I don't know if he's going to be a John Cena. I don't know if he's the the, the guy who's going to be the face of the company to lead him into the, the next millennium or the next decade. Um, but he is like you know a guy that that is super over, and because he crosses over so well, um, you know, is this the time? And when you look at like a John Cena, I mean, gee, you know, he is, you know, as much as he's he's butted heads with, with Vince McMahon in the past, and he, and he is a face, and he's, you know, continued to be, you know, the number one baby face, as well as the face of the company, but, you know, everyone sees him, whether you like John Cena or you hate him, people see him as a corporate guy, he's a company guy, that's a, he does what the company tells him to do, he does what he's supposed to do at all times, I mean, could you imagine the heat at SummerSlam for him to, like, and and he'd really be a true heel. I mean, if he in some way, shape, or form allied himself with Vince and screwed Daniel Bryan out of the title, and uh, John Cena walks out of SummerSlam with with the belt, I mean, that moment would just be huge, and it would it would piss off just about every group of wrestling fans for for Daniel Bryan to get screwed out of the title in that way. So. It is a situation that that could work, but then as you said, you know, or is it something that we're going to maintain status quo? We're never going to see Cena turn heel. This is just who John Cena is, and Randy Orton allies himself with with Vince uh, in Randy Orton's desperation to get that belt back. He will do anything, and uh, he cashes in on whoever wins the match at SummerSlam, and we see Randy Orton as a new uh, corporate figurehead with Vince McMahon. Um, I do think as far as whatever happens, I, I would say this, and I'm curious if you agree, but I, I, I'm i not going to bet or predict either one of the three or even get odds either one of the three, but I will predict that I think Vince McMahon is going to definitely have a big part of the result uh, at SummerSlam, and I do think we'll probably see one of the three uh, turning heel. Yeah, I think I think we're going to see something happen with Vince's involvement. I can't necessarily say what exactly that's going to be, but um, you know, I still not to toot my own horn, but hashtag toot toot for our producer over there. You know, um, I think it would be a much cooler idea is if Vince appointed Orton the referee and they went with the the route that he's the referee and he screws whoever out of the title and he cashes in at that moment and he counts the pin himself. And I and and, and it would draw some serious heel heat on Orton, not only for 
beating his own referee and cashing in on himself at the same, you know, cashing in at the same time, but also for, you know, screwing Daniel Bryan, who is quite arguably the biggest babyface in the WWE at this point. Agreed. I mean, I, you know, as you're, as you're talking, I'm, I'm thinking of that moment where, like, you know, and let's just say for argument's sake, they really, you know, they're sold on Daniel Bryan. So they actually let Daniel Bryan get Cena to tap out. Cena taps out, and Daniel Bryan wins the title, and the pop that he gets right there, and in the middle of him doing his yes, yes, yes chance, RKO, and Orton pins him. The heat that he would get at that moment would be unbelievable, and if Vince McMahon has something to do with it, or even if Vince is outside the ring pointing or, or jumps in the ring and raises Randy's hand, um, that would be incredible. It would just be a really cool heel turn, and... Uh, you know, who knows where they go uh, going forward, but uh, that, that would be a really cool ending to the match. So I think we're going to see something big as we're talking about, you know, going into WrestleMania 30, and uh, we might see, like, WrestleMania season starting, uh, you know, even a little bit earlier, especially since we're hearing the rumblings that this McMahon family drama is going to go from now through to WrestleMania. Um, you know, I would look to perhaps SummerSlam being a, uh, you know, again, a, a portion of, of that storyline that, that Vince McMahon will have something uh, to do with the outcome of that match. And uh, after the match, uh, people are not going to be too happy with Vince. Where does Triple H fall into uh, that? What are his thoughts on uh, what, uh, you know, what Vince does in that match? You know, what are Stephanie's thoughts? So I do think this is something that we're going to see a build to uh, something at WrestleMania 30 that's going to be the, uh, the blow-off. Uh, for the McMahon family drama, you know, who knows where they're going to go. The rumors are that we're going to see, uh, you know, Triple H wrestling for control of the company. Is that what direction they go in? Do we see something different? Who knows? But I do think that SummerSlam is definitely going to be a factor in the McMahon family drama uh, moving forward towards WrestleMania 30. So interesting stuff. Looking forward to, to seeing SummerSlam. Again, that's the, the concert weekend, so I'll be watching it on DVR and I'll Try to avoid all spoilers, but I know I won't, and <laughs> I'll see the results. But uh, uh, it's the first time in a while. Like I'm really looking forward to. It. I think it's uh, SummerSlam has got a a real, real uh, a lot of potential. There's a lot of potential uh, going into SummerSlam, and uh, you know the 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 level that Daniel Bryan is is over right now is uh, it, it's it's pretty impressive. I mean, I can't remember honestly, you know, in recent memory, guys being this over i mean the crowd just being in in this that much of a fever pitch for for one guy i mean i i for me i'd almost go back to like stone cold uh the last time i, I saw like a, a crowd just this over for one guy across the board i mean every arena he goes into i mean the the, the crowd looks like it's it's just it's it's a wave it's going up and down with the uh the yes chance it's, it's pretty amazing to see what he's doing and uh you know, it, uh, what I'm curious about is is how they use this momentum because either way, I think works for Daniel Bryan. If Daniel Bryan walks out of SummerSlam as the champ, uh, the pop is going to be huge. Um, if in some way, shape, or form he is screwed out of the title, uh, the, the heat is going to be absolutely staggering. So I, I do think storytelling wise, Dave, I, I think either either uh, outcome works, which is is cool going into the main event. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, you know, a big anticipation for a match like this because 
not too often do you get to see, you know, in years past, and I, I guess I can blame this on the Internet audience, um, but in years past we have seen guys that have had a following that are, you know, liked among a good portion of the audience that don't really get to see their favorite guy get that really big break. And if they do get to see him get somewhat of a break, they give the guy the world heavyweight title, which a lot of people look at as today's version of the Intercontinental Championship. Um, even with the lineage that that championship holds, it doesn't hold as much as what the WWE Championship holds nowadays. Um, but with Daniel Bryan, I mean, you know, he's going into the second biggest pay-per-view of the year in the main event against the number one guy in the company, period. And he's got all the momentum in the world that's going to, you know, take him to the next level. He's, In my opinion, whether he wins or loses it, he's in the main event for the rest of his career in the WWE, in my opinion. You know, he sells a shitload of T-shirts. They go ape for him when he comes out. Every arena is just rabid. The yes chant, um, you know, the, he's got, and there's, like I said, there's something different about him that everybody likes. But there's also things about him that, you know, in Wrestling 101, people can get behind. And he's got this underdog story. You know, I've brought that up a lot lately with other guys like Chris Saban over at TNA. But he's got this underdog story, and, and, and people can gravitate to that. People like the underdog. It's a feel-good story, and he is the underdog in this situation. And, you know, there, I think something big is going to happen in this match, and, you know, something that's going to change the direction of the WWE going forward into the fall and into WrestleMania next year. Do I think Brian wins the title at SummerSlam? No, I don't think he wins the title. Do I think he's going to go into next year's WrestleMania with the title? Yes, I think he does. I think we see Daniel Bryan heading into next year's WrestleMania as the face of as the future positioned to be the face of the WWE going into the 30th anniversary of the event that basically put your company on the map and made you stay there for good in the wrestling and entertainment industry. And there's just so many intangibles and variables and what's so intriguing about this match is that it's only been done Daniel Bryan and John Cena I believe have only wrestled you know, twice on television, um, once last year, and then once in 2003 on WWE Velocity, um, you know, before John Cena was a big name and before Daniel Bryan was a, a, a household name as well. Um, so this is a fresh matchup, too, that a lot of people have been wanting to see. It's it's the, the, the Internet slash majority of the wrestling audience's you know, fan favorite, their guy, versus, you know, the WWE's version of the top guy, John Cena. It's two polar opposites meeting in the ring for the title on the biggest pay-per-view, you know, the, of the summer. And it's just got huge implications, a big fight feel to it. It's, it's To me, it's kind of brought back some prestige to SummerSlam because in recent years I think it's kind of SummerSlam just felt like a regular pay-per-view like every other one. This match here and then with Lesnar and Punk too as well, these two top matches, it just makes SummerSlam 
to me feel like the SummerSlam of old. Like when I would order SummerSlam and, you know, the main event was, you know, the Mega Powers versus the Mega Bucks or if it was, you know, the the um, Bret Hart versus Owen Hart and the Steel Cage, the Family Feud or whatever, or, you know, stuff like that. You know, it just it gives that – it brings back that, like, old feeling of how good SummerSlam was to watch in the summer. Well, yeah, I mean, SummerSlam's supposed to be the WrestleMania of the summer, you know, and and uh, you know, it, it's it's kind of fallen short of that uh, in in recent memory, and uh, you know, yeah, when you look at those two matches signed on the card, I mean, it, it's it definitely has that, you know, it's a big deal, and uh, yeah, I mean, even just physically, when you look at John Cena and Daniel Bryan, it just you know. I mean, John Cena just looks like the the corporate guy. He looks like the guy that uh, you know Vince McMahon had to, you know, put together uh, his dream wrestler who would look like John Cena. Good looking dude, all American look, jacked, big guy, strong as hell. You know, can talk a little bit. That's uh, you know, and and will say yes. You know, whatever the company asks him to do, he does. Uh, you know, and then he got this uh, small bearded little troll that uh, is just so far and away like not what. Uh, you, you'd figure that the corporate people would would want out of their their champion, but uh, you know he's he's amazingly talented. He can talk. He's incredible in the ring, and uh, you know it came up with a very simple, unique chant that is just uh, swept across all arenas in the country. So it's uh, the world. So I mean, it's just you know physically they just look like the they're polar opposites. Uh, you know, and, and and like you're saying, I mean, Daniel Bryan is in a very, very prestigious situation because it's, it's not, you know, John Cena is the face of the company, but, but John Cena is the face of the company for the past decade. You know, this is a very interesting rivalry that's, that's budding right here. I mean, it's not just John Cena happens to be popular right now. I mean, we're talking a, a 10-year run of John Cena, you know, being the man. Uh, it's it's pretty amazing to see Daniel Bryan uh, get up to this stature, and uh, you know even to just predict, Dave, for you to say that uh, you look for him to be the the champ going into WrestleMania 30. And again, not a you know WrestleMania is a big deal. WrestleMania 30 is a bigger deal. So uh, Daniel Bryan, congratulations, but he's put himself in some rarefied air. One minute left, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thanks for the support. We really appreciate you. Don't know how much Dave and I appreciate you guys being on board and, and hanging out with us uh, twice a week talking wrestling. So uh, this is it for us till September. We've got about thirty seconds left, Dave. Anything you'd like to say to our our fans out there? Well, I'm going to miss talking wrestling for the next month with you guys. And uh, you know, you can always find me on Facebook if you want to chat. Um, you know, I might always answer, but I'll be there. And, uh, you know, we'll talk wrestling, and I look forward to September and bigger and better for the show. Truly all I can say. Same here. Looking forward to getting back here in September, and I'll tell you all how the concert goes uh, out there in Colorado. And, uh, yeah, again, we're going to come up with some new ideas. Uh, it's just, it's been great. It's been a great year. We look forward to continuing in September. So, for Dave, I'm Ken. We'll see you in September. Take care, everybody. Have a great summer. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.